of the show. It's 102.5 The Bone. You know, we got the punch out coming up. We do. We got Will and Spike. We've got a whole bunch of Master Mirrors fighters. We got Tampa versus Sarasota. We're doing it live in Sarasota at Robarts Arena for the first time. Tickets are available. The date changed now. It's August 15th. We're supposed to be this month, but now we're in August, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of better because now they, it manifests that Johnny B and I could fight each other. Oh, really? Oh. Uh, yeah, but only if we could do a parking lot street brawl. Yeah. You know, uh, weapons. Yeah, we'll we'll introduce weapons as you go along. Yeah, you just throw them out there, mm-hmm. and it's a, a fight to the death. Okay. Yeah, then I'm in. We can pull that off. All right. Uh, if you want your tickets are available at Ticketmaster, you can go to theboneonline.com and get all of that information. Right now, it's time to check in with Galvin. as today's news. And now, news with Galvin on the Mike Calter Show. What do we have in news today, Galvin? Today's news is brought to you by Pelt Shoes. All seven Pelts locations that are back open and ready to serve Tampa Bay and the surrounding areas. Safe and healthy shopping experience. You get in there today, get your shoes. You don't have to wait around for Amazon or anything like that. Make sure you stop into a Pelts location near you for the perfect fit and whisper, Galvin, for a 10% off. Don't yell it. You see the video the other day the guy sent? I did. He said uh, he was up there and getting ready to ring up and stuff. And he goes, I was told I was supposed to tell you. And the lady goes, yeah, why didn't you tell me at the beginning? There you yeah, go. Yeah. Got 10% off. Very nice. Like the way you operate. Uh-huh. The World, uh, World Health Organization has clarified a statement that they made Monday that would have been a game changer. Uh, they said that coronavirus is really not being spread by asymptomatic people. Well, they walked that back yesterday. Uh, again? Yep. They said it was, quote, a misunderstanding and said it's too early to tell just how much the disease is being spread by asymptomatic people. Let's just judge it by Spanish. If Spanish has it, then we say yes. Yeah, that's a definitely a barometer for it and stuff. And this is uh, something that Spanish is going to miss out on. He's going to be very upset. They say a hug is safer than shaking hands when it comes to spreading the coronavirus. Yeah, but in the future now, like I saw Dr. Fauci saying the other day, is that shaking hands should never happen anymore. Yeah, well, this is according to a uh, virologist in uh, Belgium. So uh, who knows? Maybe next week he'll come back and say, yeah, you shouldn't do that. Uh, Yeah, I was never a huge handshaking fan. Like I would do the fist bump most of the time, but... I'm fine if we're I, not uh, shaking hands. I like my pinky and stick it in somebody's ear. Oh, yeah? It's a pure connection, like yeah. Avatar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's say uh, I don't care about shaking hands. I like the, the uh, Japanese bow. Bow? Oh. Bow's nice. You do the air high five. <laughs> do that. Yeah, I hate that. I'm not a high five. You do the guns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's up? No, air high five, though. You're not touching. No, I don't even like the motion. Uh, it just seems so dumb. I'm just going to do it to you all the time now. <laughs> What's up, What's up I will not return it. Uh, doesn't matter. You don't have to. I'm slapping your forehead. Remember Aaron, uh, Demolition Man? They do the like this because they, they say oh, human, yeah. human contact is uh, not allowed. Let's do it. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah, like it. That's a wax on. Yeah, you guys are like uh, Patty Duke. <laughs> <laughs> they walk alike. They talk alike. When I do this, I just think of the TikTok wipe, and I want to make myself look uh, all pretty. By the way, my TikTok video is up to 350,000 views. With the racist people? Yeah. Oh, 350,000 views That's since crazy. Friday night. That's insane. Yeah. A uh, distillery in Australia had to recall one of its brands of gin. Why? A distillery in Australia had to recall one of, it, one of its brands of gin because... It's poison. There's poison in it. Well, sort of. An employee disgruntled urinated in the batch of no, gin. No. Carmen, any guesses? They use kangaroo blood. Oh, jeez. <laughs> That's Australia. Uh, no, after they realized the bottles were actually full of hand sanitizer. What? They had been using it to help and do hand sanitizer, but then they started selling those bottles as gin because oh, they were... people drink it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. That's no. not going to clean you out inside. By the way, I read something the other day. Uh, I forget what the number was. I want to say it was 33%, but I'm not sure that 33% of Americans have uh, had ingested bleach or done something since the coronavirus. Tried to, to, yeah. Uh, what? I don't know if that's the right number. I just know that there was a lot of dumb people <laughs> doing stuff. Well, you know... Y- because they have bleach tablets that you put in water to purify it. Right. 
and when you if they if like after a hurricane if they give you a warning that says you know don't drink your water unless you boil it or you can put the bleach tablets in or it's a it's a drop of bleach and it's very specific exactly yeah so i had a fish tank and uh nothing would get the water clear so i was like what if i put a little drop of bleach in it to kind of clean it out and i put the drop of bleach in it and my fish was swimming and it went like this and just started going like that and had convulsions and I could see its eyes were all red, and I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God. So I took it out, and I was washing it underwater, trying to wash it out. That's hard. You know, gills and stuff, yeah. I killed it. Yeah. I felt terrible about oh, that. I was trying to help it out. Fish murderer. Imagine what that felt like oh. going through your system. It was like a death sentence. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, fish. Did to you have a name day. for him? Huh? Did you have a name for him? Yeah. Abraham. Abraham? Mm. Now he's dead. Uh, I'm sorry, Abraham. Why is Abraham a common name for a fish? I didn't really name it Abraham. I just uh, that was Arnold's fish from different strokes. Okay, that's what I was. Uh, I was like, I've heard other fish named Abraham. That yeah. seems like a common name. That's no name, no name for a fish. Oh, I'm sure I did, but this was in the early '90s. I don't remember really. Name of it. Yeah, I remember all my pets. Well, I, not the one I murdered. I tried to put it out of <laughs> my mind. I brought it all back. Uh, the president tweeted a conspiracy theory yesterday. Did you see this? About that 75-year-old man who was pushed by Buffalo police officers and left bleeding from his head on I the did, sidewalk. I did see this. May have been, quote, an Antifa provocateur trying to scan police communications. We have the tweet up on well, the that TV. Well, we decided yesterday that's what he was doing. Well, right? he says Buffalo protesters shoved by police could be an Antifa provocateur. 75-year-old Martin Gagino... Uh, was pushed away after appearing to scan police communications in order to black out the equipment. I watched. He fell harder than he was pushed. Was aiming sca- Was aiming scanner. Could be a setup. Okay. I think he was aiming a scanner, and I think that he, you know, they were okay to push him away because he was reaching for them, and he was, but the minute he fell to the ground, they should have helped him out, and then when he started bleeding... The the thing that I saw yesterday, which I don't believe, but they had close up shot of his ear, and it said that there was a tube that went around his mask that was fake blood was coming out of his ear, and I'm what? like, now you're getting crazy. Now this would be ridiculous. But here's the thing, I don't believe that. But you never know. Wouldn't put it past people. No. I wouldn't put it past no. people. And then Tom the, Cruise I- rips his face off, and it's not even Tom Cruise. Right. But somebody, you know, hey, you stand over there, you video. I'm going to do this. I'm going to fall backwards. You know, in square, what a, probably not a 75-year-old guy is yeah. the best, but who knows, you know. Did you guys see the video that, uh, I, I know Michael Rappaport put it out. There was a, allegedly before the old man, the, before they, the old man before the altercation happened, and he's arguing with this other guy, and the guy's like, what are you here for, man? He's like, this guy's just here to cause trouble. He's just here to cause trouble, and this is before the police got there. Hmm. It's like, man, you're not even down here. He's like, this guy told me that he's here for fun, and then allegedly it happened after that, so... There are more videos of surfacing that he was down there kind of agitating things. It doesn't make it right, yeah. but there are some truths to that. It seems that he was down the, there. The kind whole of point is, not, people is off. not that you're not going to arrest anybody anymore. It's the process in which you do it, yeah. the brutality that comes with it. I mean, they pushed that guy down. He hit his, not only was he old, but he fell and he hit his head and he got hurt, and they just left him there until they called the medic. Like nobody, one guy tried to help him, the other guy yelled at him. Yeah, yeah, which is weird. Like, I don't know. You see, even if even if you were in a fight with a seventy five year old guy, like he cut you off in traffic and pulled over in front of you, and you couldn't, and you got out of your car, and he was like, "Hey, you son of a bitch!" and he was attacking you, and you punched him, and he fell down and started bleeding from the ear, you'd be like, "Oh Jesus Christ, I'm sorry," yeah. and call nine one one to try and get help. You know what I mean? You I, laugh at it. I think you, do. you know he didn't maybe intend to hit his head. But think about like NFL kickers when they come just kind of close and the guy throws himself back like he, you know, yeah. like he may have flopped, but <laughs> didn't intend to hit his head. I don't know. So with all the uh, talk about police defunding the police and people mad at the police, uh, New York police boss Michael Mara talked to the media the other day. He was uh, very upset. Uh, it starts out with him holding his badge. So if you're listening to this, you can understand what he's talking about. Here is what Mike O'Mara had to say. We have it up on Bone TV as well. Check this out. This isn't stained by someone in Minneapolis. It's still got a shine on it. And so do theirs. So do theirs. Stop treating us like animals and thugs. And start treating us with some respect. 
That's what we're here today to say. We've been left out of the conversation. We've been vilified. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. Trying to make us embarrassed of our profession. 375 million interactions. Overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly positive. Nobody talks about all the police officers that were killed in the last week in the United States of America. And there were a number of them. We don't condone Minneapolis. We roundly reject what he did as disgusting. It's disgusting. It's not what we do. It's not what police officers do. Our legislators abandoned us. The press is vilifying us. Well, you know what, guys? I'm proud to be a cop. And I'm going to continue to be proud to be a cop until the day I retire. And that's all I have to say. Straight out of central casting, huh? I was thinking the the Irish cop. Think about that, though. That you chose your profession to protect other people, and you're a good cop. Yeah. And the way things are going right now, obviously, like he said, we don't condone that. We think it's disgusting. But people are shaming you and yelling at you, and you're like, I'm a good guy. I'm here to protect you. And you're yelling at me and making me feel like my job's the worst job in the world. That's got to be tough. Oh, and I mean, these guys go out now, and the people in the city, they don't even, they treat them like they have no authority whatsoever. They Spraying yell at them. them with water, like, dumping buckets of water on their head, laughing at them, yeah. pushing their cars and doing it, yeah. You don't have to defund the police. Just wait another couple of years. You won't have anybody wanting to be police <laughs> yeah. officers. You'll just. I can't believe that people want to be police yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that seems like a job. I always said I would love to be a detective. If I didn't have to do the regular cop stuff, if I could just go right into solving stuff <laughs> where I didn't have to deal with, like, pulling my gun or yeah. doing anything like that. Like, I'm just the I'm just the guy that you, you bring the evidence and I go, all right, well, go talk to this guy. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I, I, I don't know why. I don't know what they're going to have to pay people to be police officers at a certain point because nobody's going to want to do it anymore. Why they're would they're not going to be able to pay them anyway because they're not going to have the funding. <laughs> yeah, true. they don't they don't make a lot of money as it is. And every day their life is on the line, whether they have a good day or a bad day. It could be the one day where somebody decides to shoot. So we talked about uh, President. Trump said, you know, they're good people and they're out there uh, helping people and uh, that's what they get paid to do. And even if they didn't get paid to do that, they'd be doing that. And I said, no, that's not true if they didn't get paid. And there was a few people who uh, uh, hit me up on email or direct message saying, you know, well, there's a lot of off-duty officers that'll help out. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about if they're not employed as a police officer, they're not going to be like, well, I'm still helping the community and stuff. And rightfully so. There's no way you're going to go out there and be a vigilante. And stuff. No. There's plenty of off-duty officers that are, I don't think they're ever off-duty, right? If you're police, you're always police. Yeah. You know? Like if you see something, you're going to have to be involved in it. Yeah, sure. absolutely. So I wasn't talking about that. I was talking about if you're if they're no longer drawing a salary, yeah. it's not going to be like they're, well, well I'll do still, it anyway. Yeah, I'm going to still put my gun on and badge and go out there. Well, I know the internet being the internet they already take took this video and they spliced it with all the clips of the cops beating up people and right. throwing people down and stuff so right you know hey, Which, look, there are bad cops out there yeah we are nobody's denying that we just it's a matter of you know treating everybody with respect but i'm saying if you're a good cop and i don't know this guy but if say he's never had anything wrong where he's uh, never done anything wrong he's out there trying to protect people and they're all yelling at him and calling him garbage and stuff and he goes I'm trying to protect you. Like, I'm not the guy that's killing people. I'm not the guy that's racial profiling people or doing anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, though, but how how you want to be a cop after this, I don't know. No, it's... It's all downhill from here for police officers. Two of the four that were arrested were rookie cops. The one guy was like his fourth day on the job. Well, that adds to it because you got a rookie cop, fourth day on the job. You have a senior officer telling you what to do, and then you get in trouble for not stopping him. You're like, I, I didn't. Yeah. I, well, the guy, the guy who spoke up twice, they said he was like uh, just off probation, you know, where he had only been there for a year. Yeah. So. See, well, the one guy, I think, uh, I can't, his name escapes me now, but he was literally on his fourth day Ugh. with the Minneapolis Police Department. Welcome to that. Yeah, this is like training day. <laughs> uh, there is a 28-year-old guy nam- named uh, Kevin Brownlee from Delaware, and he was driving over the weekend when another guy uh, started uh, 
uh, tailing him until he stopped. Then he went up to the SUV to tell Kevin he was driving recklessly. Kevin tried to punch the guy, but the guy reached into Kevin's SUV to block it. His arm got stuck. Then when he got loose, he fell down. So Kevin threw his SUV into reverse and tried to run over the guy. The guy got out of the way, but uh, then kept following Kevin until they got to Kevin's house, at which point Kevin went inside, grabbed his gun, and shot the guy. The guy was taken to the hospital with gunshot wound to his arm. Kevin was arrested uh, and charged with attempted murder, possession of a deadly weapon during a felony, reckless endangerment, and criminal mischief. We have a picture of Kevin up on Bone TV. Now, here's the problem is, first off, if the guy's driving recklessly, recklessly and you follow him and do that stuff, he followed him all the way to his house. Not saying that that guy should have got shot, but you're kind of asking yeah, for Yeah, you're it. chasing him. Yeah. Just dumb. Just dumb all around. Like, you got to let stuff go. If somebody cuts you off in traffic, especially in Florida where everybody has guns, don't yeah. get out of your car and try and fight somebody. You're going to get shot. No, yeah. And the minute anybody comes to my house, it's fair game at well, that point. And that's the thing. He was at his house. It's not like he was still on the road driving crazy. Like, he was off the road. So you know why what you do when you him? see somebody driving crazy? You call 911. Yeah. Yeah. Cops that's the way to do that's it. That's what we're here for. Uh, there is a guy named Sean Mickelson who is 41 years old. He told the arresting officer that he's friends with uh, the girl's mother and that the girl and her friend were staying with him for a few days. Who's the girl? It's the girl that was driving his Jeep. He said he thought it would be cool and uh, that he was trying to be a cool father. Michelson also told officers that he had been drinking. Uh, Jupiter officer Craig Yoakum said his arrest in his arrest report that he had spotted the Jeep making an illegal U-turn and then sped away. Uh, he followed the Jeep. They reached uh, speeds of 85 miles per hour in a 45-mile-per-hour zone, and he was unable to pull it over. Michelson was charged with child neglect, allowing an unauthorized person to drive and causing a minor to become a delinquent for buying the girl's vape pens as well <laughs> that they requested. Uh, I thought, I, I don't know where the age of the girl, I want to say the girl was 12 years old, but for some reason it Get wasn't a vape story. pen? Yeah. 12 years old, driving 85 miles per hour in this guy's Jeep, and he stops and get him vape pens and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. Here is the uh, cool father of the year up on Bone TV. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Where do you draw the line from draw being cool father to being good father you know when you're breaking the law i mean that should be pretty obvious but outside of that like when do you let your kids curse i don't know i mean just freely or just kind of like my kids have cursed a couple times just like as a joke yeah that's fine i yeah. mean but freely like if my uh like my daughter said the other day i said something and she goes well if that's the case then i'd be mad as s word yeah, and that's I'm like what? You might as well just say it at that point. Well, that's happened in my house. Oh, she actually said S word. She, she said S word. She goes, uh, and I'd be mad as S word. And I go, okay, it was a good appropriate use of the word. Yeah, I think. I mean, I you know would hear my son when he was playing Xbox yelling stuff, and I'd go in there and I'd go, let's tone it down a little. Yeah, bit. That's what I do, you know. And then uh, there was like once he became teen, thirteen or something. Yeah, I would be like, hey, just make sure you don't say it in school. When you I was. Know? When I was a kid, I remember my grandfather would never curse, like, in front of anybody. He just didn't. But then when I got to about 15 and it was just me and him, he would start to curse all the time. And at the time, I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. You know what I mean? That he yeah. was talking to me like that. Like, I felt I felt like a man, finally. Yeah. I always, uh, I tell my son, I don't care if you curse in front of me. I'm, I'm going to tell you what my mother told me when I was 10. You can curse in front of your friends. Don't curse in front of ladies and don't curse in front of adults. And don't curse at somebody. Yeah, yeah, no. She just, it was me and my friends were doing it. But with my son, I'm like, if, you're, if it's just me and you and we're talking, you can say the S word. I wouldn't care, you know? But he won't. He won't do it. But I think my like, daughter's dying to do it. I feel like high school is kind of the age where you got to kind of like loosen the reins and Oh, it's middle school. Like, I hear some of the kids at, at my son's, like, when he was in middle school, and they say all kinds of Oh, yeah. Stuff. When I was in middle school, I was cursing, but not around adults. Yeah. It wasn't until I was in high school Pete's, is when I felt comfortable to curse in front of an adult without feeling any repercussions. Pete's son curses, and it's the funniest goddamn thing ever. <laughs> yeah. We're at my house on Christmas Eve, and we're playing, uh, what's that game, Carmen, called Pass the Gimmick? It's the... Taboo? No, it's where you get that thing, the round thing. And there's a word on it, and you have to describe it, and the rest yeah, of the people. Yeah, categories. 
No, taboo. It's not. Category is when you write down. You have to get them to say the taboo. word. Yeah, no, maybe it's taboo. Taboo. Yeah, it's taboo. So you get this. You get this round thing, and it has a word on it. And when you describe it, when your team gets it, you hit pass, and you pass to the, to the next guy. Then he gets a new word, and he has to do it. So he gets a pizza on Jake, and he's just like staring at it. And we're like, come on. And he's like, um, um, and we're all like, okay, come on. And, he, and Pete's like, come on, Jake. <laughs> Uh, uh, and then the buzzer starts getting faster, so you know what's coming. And then it goes, uh, and Pete goes, Jesus Christ, Jake. And Jake goes, I don't know who the F Bill Cosby is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he said it, and it was the funniest goddamn thing ever. Did you ever censor yourself when your kids were younger? Or did never. You just, yeah, either never. I. I mean, I wouldn't use, I wouldn't use C word, you know, things like that. Like I wouldn't, uh, even whenever I was, Older, I didn't want to curse in front of my parents. Yeah, because I would say something, I'd be like, and then this, and I'd go oh like that, like, and I'd be twenty yeah. something, and I'd be like, dude, yeah. I called my brother a dick for the first time in front of my mother <laughs> in nineteen ninety two. Like I remember when it happened. Oh yeah, yeah, and I was like, you're such a dick, and everything got quiet for a second. I was like, I don't know, yeah, and uh, I remember the first time I cursed in front of an adult was my grandfather Willie. He was uh, he was digging a ditch on the side of his house, and we were helping him. We had to hold the shovel so it blocked the dirt from going down the hole, and the dirt started sliding, and I was falling, and I went, oh, S, and I said the S word, and Willie jumped up, and he looked at me, and I thought he was going to be mad, and he goes, well, I just wanted to make sure I didn't step in it. You know, I made, like, a joke about yeah, it, and yeah. I was like, oh, God, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this might be the most Italian thing I've ever heard. Two inmates who broke out of a prison in Italy left a note saying they'd be back in two weeks. <laughs> they just needed to take care of some business. Uh-huh. Oh. That's we'll it? Be, yeah, we'll be back. We'll be back in two weeks. Don't worry about it. I went to a store the other day that, uh, you know, there were signs sometimes that said COVID, we're closed, whatever. So I went there, and I got to the door. Lights are on. There's a couple of boxes in the middle of the thing, like they were unboxing stuff. And I go to open the door, and it's locked. And I go to open the other door, and it's locked. And I look in the window, and it doesn't seem that there's anybody there, but everything is on, you know? Mm. And then I look at the hours. Uh, our new COVID hours are 9 a.m. to 6 p.m., it was like 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and nobody, I'm like, are they getting robbed? Should mm. I tell somebody? And that was it. I just left, so maybe they were getting robbed. I thought you were going to say my biggest pet, fee- pet peeve is uh, we'll be back in five minutes, and then don't leave a time that the five minutes <laughs> yeah. was written. You're like, what? you're just doing that so you can be gone. Well, they for do that at the mall in those little kiosks. Yeah. They go, be right back, but then they sit across the mall, and they wait, and they stare at the, you don't know it's them. They're like, I just don't want to help you. I don't want to get up and help right. you. So they could sit there and stare at you. And then when you walk away, they go, oh, I was just getting a drink. But if you're going to be back in five minutes, tell me, note written at 7.30. Right. Right. So I can go, oh, 7.34. No, They'll be back in one minute because <laughs> I can do math. I thought that everything was kind of opening now. So the other day I went to a Starbucks and the line was wrapped around the building. So I'm like, oh, I'll just run in real quick. You know, I know you can't stay in there, but I'll go inside. Nothing. You feel like the biggest a hole when you walk oh, up to the door, oh, yeah. and you pull in the door full force. <laughs> <laughs> just checking, yeah. Just checking to make sure it's locked. It's locked, everybody. Yeah. Just walk back to your car. Everybody in the drive through, like, look at this idiot. Doesn't know where. Oh, why are we in line? And just you feel like an idiot. Yeah, I Everyone did that everywhere. when I when I really had a pee and I got out and I was like, I was pee at Starbucks and I ran in the door and the door was locked and I was like, uh, oh, yeah. Because now I waited up until the last second. Uh, Carmen, yes. you are single. Yes. Do you say, would you say you play hard to get? Um, it depends. I like mean, if you're out, say you're out at a bar and guys are hitting on you or whatever. Are you like, if you see a guy you like, you're like, yeah, let's do this. Or are you like, mm, I mean, I'll flirt but, with you, but it's not like. Make him work for it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, according to a new study by psychologists at the University of Rochester in New York, uh, playing hard to get really works when it comes to dating. One of the researchers said, quote, playing hard to get makes it seem as if you're more in demand. Uh, we call that having higher mate value. Uh, there's more also. Another researcher says, quote, people who are too easy to attract may be perceived as more desperate. That makes them seem less valuable and uh, and less appealing. But there is such thing as playing too hard to get. Yeah. Yeah. They found that if someone comes off as so uninterested that they seem arrogant, that can backfire. So they say the right right approach is to be quote semi hard to get. Uh, be approachable. Semi hard a lot. Uh-huh. Be approachable, <laughs> but don't reveal too much too soon. And you need to eventually open up so the other person doesn't stop trying and give up. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, at this age. Age, though, 
I'm not interested in your heart to get anymore. Mm-hmm. Maybe during the, maybe in your 20s, but now I'm like, oh, you know, don't don't kiss my ass, but don't don't be bitching at me. Exactly. You don't want to have to do backflips and do all kind of stuff. To- Yo, don't make me feel like you're not interested. Hard to get, okay, but don't make me feel like I don't know. It's just that would annoy me. I think now I'd be like, okay, later. I, I'll be honest with you. I may be the worst person ever to know if somebody's flirting with me or somebody's into me because there have been girls that I've banged where I was like, did not see that happening. We're so, so opposite. Cause I think every girl likes <laughs> I just, there's been times where I was like, I did not see that happen at all, but totally went. I, I still remember, like I told you, the one uh, uh, black girl that was waiting in my bar and then I realized she was waiting for me to be done uh-huh. four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> And I was like, Crazy really? Yeah, because I had long hair, and I'm like, really? Long-haired white guy, huh? All right, well, let's do this. Did you do that where you like, look over your shoulder in <laughs> yeah. the room? Me? Are you waiting for somebody else? <laughs> Very weird. Uh, Bravo fired four Vanderpump rule, Rules cast members for racism. Stasi Schroeder and Kristen Doty uh, were canned for calling the police unnecessarily on a black co-star. And uh, two of the other guys were fired over racist tweets. They are going through everybody's stuff to make sure. But uh, that Stasi Schroeder was making a lot of money from Vanderpump Rules. Well, she was there from the start. From the start. She wrote a book that was big because she's on that show. She had podcasts. She had endorsements with, like, makeup lines and different stuff, clothing, and she's lost all of that. Well, oh, I mean, what did she lose? She lost the show. The show? Endorsements. You know, sometimes these things work in their favor. How so? Because you, you... Now I'm the guy that uh, that uh, Vanderpump Rules fired. Now I become, you know, the the rebel. But they you know fired you for racism. Yeah, racism yeah. cancels all that. That's the difference. Well, I mean, how racist? Uh, well, there was a black cast member that they didn't like, so they called the police and said that this was her in a uh, mug, sh- or like a uh, surveillance video stuff, where they had the surveillance video picture of the girl, and they're like, "We think it's her," and trying to send the police over there and stuff. And then she had uh, where they had three pictures. The one girl was wearing something. The another girl had a bandana and said "Tupac Chic," yeah. and then Stasi was wearing a hat, one of those ones with the small bill, and she put "Nazi Chic." Oh, yeah. Okay, so it's yeah. just. Stuff like that, where it's like, you're not going to, nobody's going to bring you back and be like, this is the bad girl. Nope. This is the racist. <laughs> and so, yeah. Gotcha. She's, okay. She's done. And, you know, no offense to her. That was her thing. Like, she was on a reality show. It's not like she's a great singer yeah, or an yeah, actress yeah. or anything like that. That's where she was making her bread and butter. She was a server. Yeah. At a bar. She, yeah. She just happened to be right place, right time. And they made a reality show about that restaurant. And she was one of the people there. I mean, I'm sure that they probably hired to do that, whatever. But still. I don't know. I, that's one of those shows I've never even. The Vanderpump show. It's a great show. It's a wonderful show, filled with racists, though. Well, <laughs> apparently, uh, but that Stassi is the one that I always say, uh, say reminds me of Carmen. Oh, the racist. I'm not racist. No, no, no. The way she looks. Uh, there she is. Look at her on. Doesn't she remind yeah. me of Carmen a little bit? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I yeah. give her a job. Now she's racist. What kind of job? Everyone she wants. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Jordan, we know, is very competitive, right? You yeah. say something bad about Michael Jordan, you compare him to somebody else. He's going to come over. Somebody Just apparently like me, Johnny B. Somebody apparently said something bad about Michael Jordan's fishing because Michael Jordan caught a four hundred and forty-two pound marlin Holy during God. a fishing competition. A picture up on Bone TV. Oh. Now that's the boat that he was out on with those guys. So I don't know whether he was part of the crew or whether it was him that caught it. But of course, if Michael Jordan's on the boat, he's getting credit for it. Yeah. Yeah, so he's in a uh, fishing competition and caught a 442-pound marlin. I would imagine that's pretty good. <laughs> that's, <laughs> you know? that's unbelievable. I have no interest in that. The big deep-sea fishing no, with the I big giant sailfish, sailfish one time it was the worst experience Well, ever. it's just like three hours of work, isn't it? You just, you know, have to... And the boat does most of the work. The boat backs up to it. And I went in the winter, so the water was spraying me while the boat was going backwards. And I'm stuck on this thing. And... There's a chance that a shark's going to eat the fish. Well, you got it. I was like, God, God, get it up. Yeah. I go, with the reel it in. You reel it in. I don't want to reel it in. It took like four of us to reel it in. I didn't like that at all. If I'm fishing anywhere, my favorite would just be a pond. Yeah. You know, yeah. just make it easy. I know I know that it's not that big and there's some fish in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I don't have to worry about, I don't know, it's the ocean. How many fish are out here? <laughs> who's, who's hungry at this time? 
Uh, you know Jameis Winston, former quarterback of the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I now remember him, yeah. With the New Orleans Saints. Ooh. Is he going to be the starter for the Saints? Yeah, no. No? Eventually, yes. Next year. You think Drew backed up his stuff and he's okay and he's an No, be... Drew Brees is fine. Yeah? Yeah, he's allowed to have well, his opinion. I know, but when it first came out, everyone was like, ah, he's done. No. It's over. Well, Jameis Winston made it very clear in an interview with Bleacher Report that his time as an NFL starting quarterback is far from over. Winston said, quote, it's not over for me. I'm 26, he says. There's people talking about me like I'm old, washed, like I'm an old, washed-up quarterback, like I'm 40 years old. I've got so much life. I've got so much energy, man. Uh, and he repeated one more time, this is not over for me. Do you think that's a shot at Tom Brady no. and the Buccaneers? No, I think that's a very logical thing you say is that I'm 26 years old and not 40 years old. Yeah. And Tom Brady's not 40 years old. He's 42 years old. Right. And I don't <laughs> think that that, that it was a shot. I think because when you're 26, 40 seems so old. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. you're like, I'm not with some old 40-year-old guy. For athletes, that's old. He oh, did yeah. go on to say that he was that uh, statistically he was one of the best uh, quarterbacks in the history of the game, mm-hmm. which at first I was like... That's not true. It is true. It is true, though. It's fact. I mean, Statistically. If you, look, if you look at his numbers, he 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 broke records all the time. Yeah. So that's uh, that's a fair thing for him to say. For, for his age, he owns many NFL passing records. Yeah. Yeah. But and, I, and interception. I guarantee he would give up all those records for a Super Bowl ring. Pro, yeah, probably. Yeah, well, yeah. He, and he may get one in New Orleans. Could be, you know. We'll I don't. See. I don't think he's done anytime soon. This will be a setback, and he'll he'll give he'll get a starting job back when he gets with a good coach and a good team, and it'll be fine. Do you have the story about uh, Gronk? I do. Okay, good. I got to add something to that. Uh, so speaking of uh, football, Gronk, uh, Rob Gronkowski, who is now part of your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, replaced uh, football gear for Tampa High School that caught on fire. Which uh, which school was it? Do we know? Blake. The yeah. Blake High School. Yeah. Uh, we have a, uh, a video with Gronk up on Bone you, TV. Here Gronk it is. copy? Yep. Here we go. In Tampa, where a fire burned down a house. Hey everyone, last week we heard about an unfortunate incident in Tampa where a fire burned down a high school storage shed full of their team's football equipment. Sadly, they lost it all. Well, the Gronk Nation Youth Foundation and my new team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, are all about helping youth reach their full potential. So we're going to do just that. To the Blake High School Yellow Jackets, you're getting a brand new storage unit and new football equipment to replace everything that was lost, courtesy of our foundation and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Foundation. So keep working hard this summer, stay active, and stay healthy, and my new teammates and I are looking forward to seeing you soon. Okay, (laughs) a couple of things. One is when this happened, which is about a month ago, Mike Oliveira reached out to me and he said, hey, did you hear about this story? Blake High School lost everything. Maybe this is something the foundation could do. And I said that was a great suggestion, but my foundation collects money from people to help underprivileged kids and to use the money for something else wouldn't be right. You know what I mean? I right. Have to, I have to uh, assure these people that the money they donated is going to go with the to the cause that they, that they thought it would. So Mike's like, okay, I understand. And I said to him, plus, I guarantee you the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will take care of this mm-hmm. because – uh, the Buccaneers, all they have to do is call their Nike rep and their Adidas rep and, you know, their Reebok rep and whoever they have and replace all that stuff for free in five minutes. And and not to mention they can give them all their old stuff, which is probably all brand new anyway, so they could do it in five minutes. So I figured they would, and it's great that they let Grok uh, be a part of it and be the mouthpiece for it because, it's you know, that's what this area is known for. These athletes are, are you know, supporting the area. I'm sure you'll see more out of uh, uh, Brady doing more of these sort of things uh, in the future as well. So good to see old dummy be the first one to step up. He looks really weird wearing Buccaneers gear. It is it it's, is yeah. weird, but is it the gear or is it his futuristic sunglasses that are bothering oh, you the most? It's like he's cutting a Macho Man Randy Savage promo. Yeah. But he also, better play well this year. Also, it's it, he seems uncomfortable saying, my team Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's not sure he's on the team. Brady told him what team he's on. <laughs> I think he seems uncomfortable because he has trouble speaking. Yeah. <laughs> you know he, what I mean? He's just, he's like, when we go back to the Patriots, the Buccaneers, Rob, we're on the Buccaneers. When we, actually, I mean the Buccaneers. Like, like, he doesn't know. I envision somebody behind the camera with a big sign that says Tampa oh, yeah. Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> That's probably true. He is. I love him, by the way. I'm not make, I'm making fun of him, but I love him. 
Uh, I had a guy say the other day, thanks, all I hear is uh, Hoppy whenever I hear Gronk. And I go, yeah, I didn't do anything <laughs> except for point out they're voice twins. Mm-hmm. They sound exactly the same. And I don't know how Hoppy's not out there wearing those big dumb glasses <laughs> with a cutoff uh, buck shirt walking around going, I'm Gronk, baby. Could we take Hoppy out and convince people that he's Gronk? Yes. Like yes. 100%. Yes. <laughs> You'd have to go to, like, a dirty bar yeah. where people are already drunk and they don't really know. They know they heard Gronk, but they don't really know. And he'd wind up banging some girl that looks like a baby girl Lisa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. But I'm you, with you on that. But, yes, we could definitely convince that. I think it could happen. And I think we should definitely try that for sure. Uh, everybody knows this music. <laughs> what you gonna do? going to cancel you. Cops is canceled. After, what, 33 years on the air? Cops has officially uh, been canceled at Paramount Networks. Cops is not on Paramount Network, and we don't have any current or future plans for its return. That's according to a spokesperson that said in the statement. The original decision to hold cops was uh, spurred by nationwide protests against the police brutality following the killing of George Floyd in Minnesota. Cops originally launched on Fox in 1989 and uh, has come under fire in the uh, recent years for its depictions of uh, law enforcement and questionable behind-the-scenes practices. Yeah. um, Also, once the other show came on, it wiped that one out. Well, the other show is Live PD. And a lot of people are saying Live PD is probably not going to come back. A&E recently made the decision to stop airing Live PD, a reality show following on-duty police officers in the wake of George Floyd's death. Now, though, Live PD host Dan Abrams says that fans can expect to see the show again someday. He said, quote, to uh, all of those asking whether Live PD is coming back, the answer is yes. He put out on Twitter, all of us associated with the show are as committed to it as ever. Furthermore, he added, we are still discussing some specifics, but I want to assure you that Live PD Nation, that uh, we are not abandoning you. Yeah, I mean, the the problem is you're not going to find any police stations that want to be a part of it. Right. I mean, look at Pasco bailed on it after a season. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I don't think that uh, it's going to be, although to me, if you, I learned how hard it is to be a cop from watching that show and seeing all the crap that they have to put up with. And and I know a lot of those guys are probably acting, I assume, acting a little differently because they were on camera, but it, they did a great job of keeping their cool in most of the situations. There is a, um, a podcast that's called Running From Cops, and I listen to it. It's very interesting. It's all behind-the-scenes stuff of the show Cops, how it came about, what they do, and so Really interesting because when you watch cops, you go, okay, well, this person has their face blurred out because they didn't sign the waiver. But there's so many people that you go, why would they sign the waiver? Why would they allow that to be on cops? You know why? Because they didn't sign the waiver and cops put it on anyways. Oh, really? And a lot of times they interview people that they're like, I never signed a waiver. Or a lot of the times a producer would give one of the police officers a clipboard with the uh, waiver on it and say, can you get him to sign this? And the cop would be like, hey, you have to sign this. And the guy would be like, okay. Uh, and then just sign it, wow. and then you're on cops. I always wondered how they got the waivers on to catch a predator. Because those guys, like, how would you, why would you sign because that? Because you're entering the house, and once you enter the house, you don't have to sign off on it because you're yeah. in a residence, and they can have the video. You're also part of an investigation. It's, it's kind of like whenever somebody calls the radio station, right? Okay, we can okay. play, you know, do that. But if we called them, we'd have to ask permission. But there's some people that they blur out. So maybe on what? On how to catch a predator? They yeah, may- they may have not got charges, or they may still be pending, or something like that. Gotcha. Yeah. I know stuff. I'm a lawyer, basically. <laughs> I, I miss that. I miss that show. Yeah, that was great. I don't. That that show was great. It was the best. That show was great, and there was a lot of people who had problems with it, saying that you know, well, you're setting people up, and you're asking for this, or you're you're in my neighborhood, and I don't like that. Listen, that show was helping people. That show was absolutely helping people. It was also, you know, using them for entertainment. But it's one of those ones where you're like. Because yeah. there'd be so many guys would be like, uh, they would mention to catch a predator. Yeah. They would be like, you know, say something about it. And you're like, oh, stop saying it, dummy. But yeah, that was crazy. And then Chris Hansen, who did that, 
Uh, also, they spun off and to catch a uh, fraud person, whatever way they did some of the scam things. Right? That yeah. was that was good too. It wasn't the same, but it was good. But then he got into his trouble and stuff, and then tried to do it to catch a predator. I think online, and he, it was he still even, does it. Does he, he? He teamed up with. Remember they they brought in those people that were posing. That independent group that was posing as teenagers online, and they were busting people. Yeah, on their yeah, own. yeah. He works with them now. Okay, and they and they do the show online. Last time we had him on the show was to plug the online version of the show, which I'm sure nobody's watching. But yeah, but is he st- is that show still going on? I know he did it after, but I think it may have only been that one season and what, or whatever. He didn't get any in trouble, right? All he did was cheat on his wife. No, he wrote bad checks. Oh yeah, he uh, there was something where there where he uh, had owed money because he put a check and then the check didn't clear and he owed some money. Yeah, there was a few different things. Uh, well, I mean, he was great at it. He his demeanor was just wonderful. The way he would come in there and just sit down and him, why don't you have a seat? Right, you know, that was the best. I love the end when they're like, "Well, so uh, am I in trouble now?" And he's like, "No." You're free to go. You're free to go. <laughs> yeah, and then the cops would get him out there. The best one ever, though, I, in my opinion, was the rabbi. The rabbi who knew his life was over and was shaking and tried to get grab the camera and didn't know what to do. It, you just saw it. You were like, oh, boy, this is, <laughs> this is not The great. rabbi, the uh, father of six. Like, there were so many people on that show. You just saw their lives. just go. The guy who brought his kid. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, there was one who brought his kid, and Chris Hansen shut it down. He goes, I- I'm not going to do this. He goes, you you have to get out of here, blah, blah, blah. And then cops came, and they kind of took the kid, and were like, hey, here's a stuffed animal. And then they put the other guy's face in the ground. Yeah, he yeah. was charged with larceny in 2019. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it was a huge, huge deal, but, you know. Of course, if you're if you're Chris Hansen and you're going after people and busting people, then something happens with you. People are going to be like, "Oh, you're busted now," right. you know, and do that type of thing. Uh, I do have some new music for you guys. Thank what? God, I love new music. I don't think there's a possibility in the world that you're going to guess who this new music is from. Maybe you will. I don't know, but uh, if you know the artist, if he's not known for putting out music. I can tell you that. All right. Okay. Uh, here is some new music for you guys on the Mike Helter Show. My first guess would be the I'm Too Sexy Guys, Right Said Fred. Right Said Fred? Nope. Oh, I know who it is. Do you want to guess first or Carmen said something? Let Carmen go. I know who it is. I figured it out. I was going to say Tommy Lee because he was doing all that weird music. Uh, no, it's not video. Tommy Lee. I know uh, who it is. Uh, who do you think it is? That's a Dalai Lama. His Holiness, the Dalai Lama, will release his debut album on July 6th, which is also his 85th birthday. It's called Inner World, and it's uh, got the Dalai Lama reciting mantras and prayers over musical background, uh, and that is uh, his new song called Compassion. But it's pronounced It sounds like he's complaining to Money Penny. Oh, Money Penny. Oh, Money Penny. Oh, Money Penny. Or he's having sex with Money Penny. Oh, oh, oh money James Bond's gonna be mad at him. Oh, Money Penny. <laughs> oh, Money Penny. <laughs> oh, Money Penny. Oh, Money Penny. By the way, we're learning this for Pipple Toddler. Oh, <laughs> I think we know it already. <laughs> oh, Money Penny. All right, there you go. New music from Dalai Lama. Sweet. Uh, so it turns out. We had joked about it and talked about it, and we said that that would be a great thing for the UFC to do. Fight Island. Yeah. Fight Island's real. Yeah. And it's in Abu Dhabi, and there's a card scheduled from Fight Island on July 11th. Is it next to Whore Island? Uh, no, but it is next to uh, Sex Island. Okay. Or Wait, whatever so it's in Abu Dhabi? Abu Dhabi. So is it a man-made island? I don't know or? if it's actually an island or anything, but uh, they're calling it Fight Island, and it's in Abu Dhabi, and there is a card scheduled for July 11th. By the way, UFC has been pretty much, they were down for like two weeks, and they were like, nope, we're fighting. We're oh, yeah. still going to fight. We'll fight without anybody there or anything like that. There is uh, what Fight Island looks like. So I don't know whether it's a dome out in the middle of... Uh, 
you know, desert somewhere or what exactly it is. But uh, usually the July pay-per-view is usually one of their bigger ones of the year, too. Like, that's yeah. where they put big matches on. You see uh, uh, Nate Diaz going off on people and saying that there's no champions and this isn't a title fight and everything. Because here's the thing, though, that's very interesting. UFC right now has a lot of people, John Jones, who's saying, all right, I give up my belt. I'm done. I'm out of here. Uh, then uh, McGregor retired. And uh, George, uh, 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 what's his name, Masvidal, uh, he's, I think, done or trying to get out of his contract because all these guys want paid, yeah, and they don't think they're getting paid what they're worth and stuff. But you have a situation where the UFC isn't making the money that it was making because of the coronavirus, so the ticket sales and pay-per-views and all that stuff. But also, where are you going to go that you're going to get paid more than UFC? Like, I don't think Bellator... But this is a perfect opportunity for somebody to come in and get these big names to join. That's how you get the payday. If you tell me Bellator now is John Jones, Masvidal, uh, Conor McGregor, now it's a it's like when uh, Jericho left WWE, he went over to, w, uh, to AEW, but now everybody who leaves or gets fired from WWE has a place to go, and they're slowly building up that roster. Right. But Bellator what, has been around for a while. Yeah, Bellator has been around for a while, but what Bellator has been was guys who weren't good enough for UFC or guys who were just beat to death in UFC. But if they, it was if like, it's you not, should retire, but then they go to Bellator. But if you've got, if you've got uh, good announcing... You've got good camera work, and then all of a sudden you have a couple of big names. So, uh, you know, if John Jones, if if you can get, if you can get uh, Diaz to fight uh, or Masvidal to fight McGregor or whatever, the, I'm, I'll buy that. Yeah, uh, if they have the money to do it, I don't know. That's the thing about it is, do they have the money to bring those big names over? And uh, you know, that's what they're looking for. These different guys are saying, listen, "Hey, I need to be paid more." Listen, uh, the stupid uh, bare knuckle boxing had enough money to offer Mike Tyson twenty million dollars. They'll find the money if they need it. Yeah. Abu Dhabi's got money. The thing with UFC now is there's so there's so many matches, so many events. I mean, there was one last weekend I didn't even watch because I forgot about it, and I only knew uh, that Nunez was on the card. Right. Because there's so many fights I can't keep up with. There it. are a lot. There aren't any of those big stars anymore, it seems like, to me anyways. Yeah, it's true because, you know, obviously – Back earlier, whenever it was really getting its legs under it, we knew all the fighters. Yeah. We knew every yeah. fighter. You knew who all the champs were. I would know every match on the card. I would know the fighters. Who's the heavyweight champ right now? I don't know. Well, it was Jones, and he had to give up no, the title. No, Jones was light heavy. Oh. Yeah, see, that's the thing, is there's so many different ones. Yeah. There's an like, interim, and then there's this guy. Uh, do you see that uh, Cormier's fighting again? Oh, he is? Yeah. Oh, he's he the heavyweight champion? Uh He's fighting, uh, what's his name, the uh, Cleveland guy, the Polish guy, St- St- uh, Stiopik, or whatever his name is, however you pronounce Miko it. Miko Stiopik? Yeah. Miko, is that what his name is? Miko? Miko? But they're fighting again. This will be their third fight. Yeah. Let me see who are the uh, title holders. And there's more divisions now than there used to be. Yeah, well, but you're right. But back in the day when it was just um, Chuck Liddell, and Randy Couture and, yeah. you know, those sort of guys. Even when, like, the Ultimate Fighter show blew up and all those guys were coming off the show and they were fighting, it was great. Uh, Stipe Miochip. Stipe. Miochik. I have the phone. I understand. Uh, is uh, is he the, he's the current champion? It looks like the, um, this is from April, so I don't know whether that's right. Uh, but uh, John Jones is light heavyweight, so... But yeah, Dan uh, Cormier is going to be fighting. They're going to be fighting again. I know. I and Connor's talked a lot about starting his own promotion, like because he was trying to get a piece of his last fight too through like Proper Twelve Promotions, which is through his whiskey company. So I mean, there's there's been talks of him becoming his own promoter when he no longer can fight. But interesting, you got a a lot of the other you know organizations that have tried to compete with the UFC. They've had a tough time providing the same production value, which is huge. Right. That's a big difference. Yeah, because De La Hoya tried to get in there, and whenever he had, uh, I think he did the Tito Ortiz, Chuck, Le- Chuck yeah. Liddell, you know, old man fight. I think he was involved in that. Yeah. But, I, don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. I mean, there's the future obviously. future is Mike Tyson. 
there's obviously a lot of fighters that are still wanting to fight and do that, but there's a lot of guys who are like, hey, we need to get paid more. But, man, some of those guys get paid a lot, but I guess you got to get to a certain level. Mm. Uh, finally, in news, a new survey found that 81% of Americans have used music to help them cope with added stress of the lockdown, and 85% said listening to music while driving puts them in a better mood. Do you listen to music or do you listen to other stuff whenever you're driving? Uh, it depends. Mostly other stuff. It says the average American is listening to an extra 38 minutes of music a day right now because of the uh, pandemic. Listening to music is the number one way we like to de-stress in general. Listen to some uh, Sunday depression music. 58% of us said it's their go-to coping mechanism. Uh, top five are books, exercise, TV, movies, talking to a friend. Uh, 79% said music also makes them more productive. Yeah, if you're like if you're like cleaning out your garage or doing something, you want to have some jams on, you know. Yeah, that. But um, I don't. Music sometimes, like Sunday depression music, gets me all worked up. Gets you more stressed out. Yeah. Forty nine percent said that it helps them sleep better. Start thinking about things. Girls that I miss. Just gets my heart all wound up. You know that song, Galvin? Oh, I do. Pearson and Depression. With a long ass intro. Am I in love? Am I not in love? Now I'm more frustrated than I was before. Uh, that organ just always makes you in like a weird Sunday depression mood. This Tor- is totally. totally. Yeah, I was just going to say <laughs> yep. the same thing. Don't go changing to try to please me. Yeah, I need. That's why I listen to sometimes if I'm in a bad mood, I listen to classical music. So yeah. it can't make me more angry. What? Uh, I watched, uh, they have a thing on Netflix. I think it was on A&E originally, but they put it on Netflix. It's uh, Garth Brooks, and it's a documentary basically about him. And it's pretty interesting because obviously that time that he took off and then coming back, whatever. But it, Billy Joel reminded me because when he did that uh, Central Park show, mm-hmm. And uh, Billy Joel was there, but they had Billy Joel in the documentary. Oh, my God. Billy Joel looks like any dude that you would see at 9 o'clock in the morning at a VFW. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> I mean, burnt, man. He is just bulging eyes, yeah. big gin blossom nose, hands that are all swelled up. I mean, he looked I, – I was watching, and I go – that's really Joel? Yeah. <laughs> like that. I went, oh, I mean, it was unbelievable. Also, with that Gar- Garth Brooks documentary, boy, does Garth like to cry. Oh, is he crying? Up? Crying every time. So they'll have, like, footage of him, this and that, and they'll cut back to him, and he'll be like, my mom was my biggest fan, and uh, he starts crying, yeah. and then he'll, then they do something, they cut back, and he goes, I had three daughters, and I wasn't a f- it didn't feel like I was part of the family. And I'm like, good Lord, how much is this guy going to cry? Uh, yeah, that, I got to tell you, that really... I look at a person differently when they when they cry like that. I mean, I get it if there's something, you know, you get to a point where you're talking about your mom and she passed away and she was your biggest fan. Okay. Yeah. But not every time the camera goes on you. It was like there was some, like every time the camera on, they sprayed him with something that made him cry. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. But it was really interesting because Garth Brooks, who was the biggest country star and then retired because he wanted to take care of his family and felt like his daughters were kind of grown up without him. And he was off for like, I don't know, 10, 11 years, something like that. Yeah. And he was like, well, I'm going to do a world tour. I'm going to come back. I'm going to do it. And he was like, I was nervous. He goes, I don't know. Music passed me by. Does anybody remember me? Does anybody care? So he started his first show was going to be in Dublin, Ireland, because he had played there before. And was he said it was unbelievable how much they loved the show, whatever. So it was this arena 
that he was going to do, and they put the on sale on, and literally like two minutes, it was sold out. He goes, so they put a second show, two more minutes, sold out. Third show, fourth show, fifth show. He yeah. did five sold out shows there, doing all this stuff, and then whenever he played the Central Park thing, he was like so nervous. He goes, I was staying at the hotel across the street, and he goes, I'm like, shut the blinds. I don't want to see. I don't want to look out there. Nobody's going to be there. Like who's going to come and see whatever. And then of course they wound up having over a million people there before it was like two hours before the show. And there was already a million people out there. There's nothing about that. I mean, I even Billy Joel, uh, I love Billy Joel, but I wouldn't go anywhere where it's expected to be a million no people. Way. No. no way. No way. Or 100,000 people. They were showing that crowd, and I was like, no way am no. I going near there. No. It was crazy. Hey, by the way, I just Googled Garth Brooks crying yeah. because I wanted to just uh, try and pull some up. Garth Brooks stopped the concert to cry. Garth Brooks cried at a Bruno Mars concert. Garth Brooks started crying pretty hard when talking about getting engaged. Garth Brooks is just, uh, it's, he cries a lot, man. It is a lot of crying. And he, he is one of those guys that is just all about, like, things that are important to me. It's family. Yeah. And then it just starts crying. And you're like, all right, buddy, relax. Yeah. Although I do want that G hat, that Garth Brooks hat. It's a bl- all black hat with yep. a circle with the lowercase g. Yeah, you're not gonna cry about it. No, I'm not gonna cry <laughs> about it. But I also don't want people. To, I mean, I, I like Garth Brooks. He's got some good songs. Have you stuff. ever seen him live? Uh, no, I'm oh, sure. Great show. I mean, I they, it's awesome. They show, and he says how much he wants to make sure that everybody has the time of their life. And he had learned from some other guy who was like a club guy who he said, uh, you know, I basically stole his act because he was, he was so high energy. And he goes, I never saw anything like it. I I was like, I want to just see Garth Brooks before he retires or before, you know, it was like in the nineties. Uh-huh. And I, and I was like, I just kind of, you have to go see him. You know what I mean? He's like sure, the biggest yeah, artist. One of those ones, yeah. And then I, I went with this super hot girl who really had no interest in going for any other reason but the same thing. She was like, I just want to say that I went one time and saw what it was like, you mm-hmm. know. And we went about four songs in, and she goes, do you want to go? I said, yep, that was good. Oh, Not really? that I didn't enjoy it, but I had seen enough. You yeah. Know? I, did, I only went, like, the same thing the first time I saw Ozzy, I was only, like, you know, 21 years old, and Ozzy was like, I'm retiring, and this is my retirement. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. well, I got to go see him before he retires. And I went to the show, and it was Ozzy running around throwing buckets of water on mm-hmm. people. It was crazy. And clapping his hands. Yeah. But I mean, uh, that was the uh, that was the reason why I went. So yeah, I went and saw George Strait. You did, yeah. One girl, of those big stadium tours. Oh uh, yeah, girl that I was dating uh, loved George Strait, so I got tickets. We went and saw George Strait, and uh, I forget who the girl was that opened. It's a girl that we've played before, and she's very kind of manly. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure she's a lesbian, but uh, she was decent looking, but like uh, total lesbian. Terry Clark. Yes. Terry Clark and uh, George Strait, but it, I got to tell you, it was a great show. He put on a great show. There's, he's got so many hit songs and stuff too that uh, it was just cool to see. And I think I want to say he played in the round. Yeah, George Strait does not write his songs. No, uh, Garth None Brooks doesn't write his songs. Not not all of them. Yeah, like, I'm he, sure he wrote he some. Wrote of them, some yeah. But like the all the, the big hits probably. Yeah, there's big ones, and he rearranged because they got the what is it called the dance? Yeah, that's one of his big songs was from this other guy who he said he saw at the Bluebird Cafe and introduced himself, and he goes, "Hey, I just want to let you know if I ever make it, I'm going to record that song. I love that song." He goes, which I'm sure the guy heard a million times, but they guy had the guy who wrote the dance, and he said he goes, "I give him credit." He goes because. The dance that he has on his album is a completely different song from mine. He goes, the lyrics are the same. He goes, but it, the the way they arranged it and did everything was totally yeah. different. And he goes, and made it a way better song. Uh, there's there's a bunch of that. There's sometimes there's three artists that did a song, and until until somebody gets a hold of it and you know makes it like a Garth song, right? Like Chris Ledoux was like a real cowboy who who did country music, and Garth did some of his songs. And uh, Chris Ledoux did did took one of Bon Jovi's songs off of uh, the Young Guns. Oh yeah, I can do that. Yeah. Well, and they, they all also, just swap each other's stuff. And they also said talking about Garth Brooks is he knows what he wants to say, so he picks songs that are in his voice, kind of thing, whatever. Right. Like he he Garth Brooks said, he goes, if you want to know who Garth Brooks is, 
I've Got Friends in Low Places is the song, <laughs> you know, which I still think I have somewhere me trying to sing that for our country Oh, please karaoke. Oh, God, if I can find that. I'll, I, I'll tell you what. I'll take a break. You can see okay. what you can find during the break. <laughs> it is awful, and I don't get through it. Uh, Galvin singing country. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.